This is the best day of my life. Say this to yourself. This is the best day of my life because it's the only day of my life. And regardless of what's happening, regardless of who I'm with, regardless of what I'm doing or not doing, it is worth celebrating because today I'm alive. And as simple as that, this is profound because suddenly you realize if you open up your heart to the gratitude of your life, of your God self breathing through you, and that's wellness to me, then you will find your next thing, whatever your next thing is. Or maybe your next thing is being quiet and still and calm and communing with the divine. Or maybe the next thing is sitting there and doing forgiveness on yourself. So that area of where I think I should be versus to where I am locks me in. That's Agapi Stasinopoulos, and this is episode 309 of Wellness Force Radio. Wellness Force Radio, where we discover the physical and emotional intelligence to live life well. You can have the same brain states as someone who's done an hour of meditation every day for 40 years. There's a lot of losses that we go through, so the ability to be able to cope with those losses is very important to build skill in it, because loss will happen. You know, you have to have spiritual courage to really grow spiritually, because if you really want to take guidance from your soul, you have to be ready to realize that many of the things that you're asking for guidance on, your ego has some kind of an addiction to or an investment in. Hey, podcast world. It's Josh Trent. Welcome. Welcome to Wellness Force. We've got a great show for you today. This is Agapi Stasinopoulos on a very special Friday. I got to meet this woman, this powerhouse, this speaker and author and true force of wellness. I was at this dinner with Dave Asprey at the Upgrade Labs event in LA earlier this year. And you know, everything happens for a reason, right? At the perfect time. That's how this podcast happened. You know, waking up to this concept that Agapi is going to share with us today, waking up to the joy of you. When I first read the book and I went through it, I got to be honest, I was like, you know, I've heard some of these things before, but that's not true. The things that she shares and what you're really going to get out of this podcast is that no matter how old you are, what your path in life is, if you're in a job right now that you're not happy with, or if you're in a career that's causing you pain, or if you just want change, if you're just literally walking a new path of change, you're going to get major gems from her share. Her story is powerful and the things that she's gone through to be able to write this book and also to speak across the world, I know you're going to connect with. And if you're connected to Agapi, make sure that you give her some love on social. And hold on, I got to take a sip of something real quick. This is the green juice. This juice is my juice. It's the only thing that allows me to have that afternoon pickup with my movement snack without having a bunch of caffeine. You know how it goes when you have too much caffeine, you count the ceiling tiles at night. That's not the case with our show sponsor. Literally the only juice on the market that I consume because first of all, it tastes amazing. I don't drink things that don't taste good. Life is too short. Life is too short to drink things that taste bad, right? And that's how I feel about health, anything, anything health and wellness. I wanna drink and eat things that taste good. We do not have to sacrifice any kind of taste or enjoyment to live our life well. This is why we partner with Organifi and they support the show and you get the ultimate hookup. We've talked about adaptogens. We've talked about energy from the inside out. If you notice that you're having too much coffee or if you feel a little bit jittery in the afternoon, 
swap it out with Organifi instead. It works for me. I know it'll work for you. You can give it a test drive over at Organifi.com forward slash wellness force. You get 15, actually, no, you get 20% off. I almost said 15. You get 20% off. That is a huge chunk of savings. 20% off. You will not find that more on the interwebs. I promise you, because I've scoured it. That's code wellness force. You get 20% off. You can share that code with as many people as you want. Maybe share the code with somebody that annoys you. Maybe they're annoying you because they're low energy and they need some green juice. Organifi.com forward slash wellness force. Use code wellness force. You get 20% off your entire order. Now, Agapi, she is a powerhouse, as I mentioned, but she's also been through some very unique learning curves in life that have allowed her to show up to heal, not only herself, but to heal others. We'll talk about healing the pain of separation. We'll talk about worrying and the soul. If you're troubled by external circumstances, it's not the circumstances that trouble you. It's your perception of them, and they are in your power to change at any time. We're going to talk about why worry is the lowest form of prayer. I love this. I love this concept. We also talk about how the only way you can fully express your joy is to feel all your feelings, the dark ones, the shadow that Jung talks about. That's what leads us to love and to feeling the joy and the happiness. I can relate to this too. I'm in this new relationship right now. We've been together for around six months and I'm sure you can relate if you are in a long-term relationship or if you're in a new one. Wow. Being in a relationship, it is the biggest mirror for our triggers, for our joy, for our everything. And I love this woman. I love myself. That's the core element of the work, right? But along with self-love and along with really understanding who we are, it's about letting go. We hear this concept so much in personal development and wellness, don't we? Just let go. Just let go. But how do you actually, how do you actually let go? Now, one could say, well, you just let go. (laughs) But there is an inner guidance that Agapi is going to share with us today that is going to help you let go. If you are currently struggling or you're having a hard time letting go of something that doesn't serve you, listen deeply to this podcast. Pause it, rewind it, make some notes. Make sure you get her free meditations as well. She offered very powerful meditations for us. Uh, Waking Up to the Joy of You is her book. And I so appreciate you. If you get something from this show, please leave us a podcast review. It actually would mean a lot to me and our entire team if you could do us that quick favor. It allows the show to rank higher. Basically, the way iTunes works is the more reviews we get, the more we raise in the algorithm. Then more smart people like you, more intelligent people like us, find the show, and then they share it with their friends. And then everybody's happy, right? We can reach more people. We can have Joe Dispenza on the podcast in 2020. So if you want that to happen, go to wellnessforce.com forward slash review. And by the way, every month for the people that leave reviews, we always pick one lucky listener to get 90 days of Organifi for free. So you can get get the ultimate hookup. Free Organifi. Just leave us a review at wellnessforce.com forward slash review. Now, let's drop in with Agapi Stasinopoulos, so we can understand how to wake up to the joy of you. My guest today is a motivational speaker, a multiple published author with her most recent book, Wake Up to the Joy of You, 52 Meditations and Practices for a Calmer, Happier Life. She was raised in Athens, Greece, who now works in New York, and she was raised with feta cheese, olive oil, and the principle of radical generosity. Agapi Sassinopoulos, welcome to Wellness Force. Thank you so much. I love that name, Wellness Force. I have to tell you, that should be uh, imprinted in our foreheads. 
<laughs> well, it's it definitely imprinted in our consciousness. And this is what we explore on the show. You know, this is why I'm so excited to talk with you because I met you at the uh, Bulletproof Dinner with Dave Asprey and our yes. friend Tanya connected us. And I just saw this phrase on a card. You handed me a card and the card said, wake up to the joy of you. And immediately I was like, okay, I got to know about this. What, yes. <laughs> what exactly yes. is wake up to the joy of you? Did this come through for you in a moment or is this a culmination of the other three, four books you've written? Well, uh, the Wake Up to the Joy of You came actually through my publishers, the Penguin book, when I had given them the whole manuscript and I had come up with uh, 52 themes from uh, my life and our lives, because we're all so connected, that basically we all can relate to. And these themes, you know, Josh, were anything from how to make your health a priority, how to manage your energy, how to deal with money, how to not relinquish your inner authority, how to get beyond comparisons, how to trust your creativity, how to find your calling, how to be devoted, disciplined, and discerning, how to know that there is always a solution, how to live in grass. And these amazing subjects. <laughs> yes, you just keep going down the rungs here. And this has been a lifelong journey for you. Journey. I, I was and telling so, you, I was telling you, I have all these pages detailed uh, with notes for our podcast today. Oh, thank you so much. I, that I really, really appreciate when someone like you takes the time and uh, you get to know me through my work. So as I was saying, when I had given the manuscript to Penguin, to my wonderful editor there, uh, the title of my book was How to Embrace Grace, Embracing Grace. Mm -hmm. But they just said to me, the marketing team there said, when we read this book, we feel this incredible joy. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and they said, and they know me, and they said, you know, Agapi, when you walk into a room, you bring joy. And uh, I thought that is amazing because I have to tell you a very a human, a vulnerable story. When I was a little girl, uh, my sister, Ariana, who created the Huffington Post, you know, Ariana Huffington, and now runs Thrive Global that I work with, was an incredibly brilliant student in algebra, in math. She had that kind of brain, Josh, that was like so fast read every single book. At the age of 16, she was studying economics to go to Cambridge. And I was this free-spirited, this joyful girl who all wanted to do is make people happy, mm. love them, and live in a world that, that there was only love. And of course, little did I know that that wasn't going to be the case. But um, I loved the arts. I studied acting. I studied uh, ballet. And I used to torment myself that I was so lousy in math. So when my mother would come back from uh, our high school and my sister would get A's and I would get F's, I would be mortified, you know, and my mother would look at me, Josh, and she would say, darling, don't give a damn about math or algebra or school. You are here for the joy. Mm. Now, isn't that amazing? Think yeah. if you are a 14-year-old girl and you are insecure about your, your academics and your mother tells you, that you are here to share your gift of joy and love. Yeah. I mean, that kind of does something to you. And then, of course, she helped me get to the best drama school in the world, the Royal Academy of Dramatic Arts. And that was the way that she um, ushered me to find my talent. Um, and then, of course, uh, in my Greek epic story, that didn't work out. And I found my path 
through psychology and through spirituality. Now, I want to go into your path, though, because this is a really interesting undercurrent of how you even wrote the book. You know, this book came through, yes, joy, but also, like we all share, this universal experience of pain and of letting right. go of things that really aren't of service. And there's so many things in this book that we could cover, but I feel like a great starting place is actually chapter 41. It's mm -hmm. accepting where you are right now. Oh, that's amazing. You've yes. had a busy day. A lot of us have full schedules. And you actually mentioned this. And you know, see, you said, in my 40s, I pursued this acting career. And thinking about marriage, you shifted your outlook and your path towards getting to know and fully expressing myself. And I think this is really the culmination point for most people is it's they're not accepting what is. You could look at Byron Katie's work. You could understand anything about just being really aware of the present moment. I've fallen down this well multiple times myself where I realized, damn, you mean it's not Disneyland with the white slipper and like the knight in shining armor and there's not the fairy tale? Like sometimes the fairy tale doesn't work out. And I feel like we've been sold this movie that we're mm -hmm. all supposed to believe in, that things are supposed to, with air quotes, be a certain way. This was not the case in, in your 40s. Can you not take us all. to that moment? At that point, it was a series of inner work and a series of knocking at the door. And everything, everything that I didn't get led me to this incredible awareness that I was really here in this planet Earth to get agape. Yeah. That she was mine, that I had to own her, I had to love her, I had to go to the depths of the barrel, to the to the bottom line of the 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 despair actually and the loneliness, the incredible loneliness, and forgive so much of what I thought the world should give me. Mm -hmm. And and that that was deep. And um I had a spiritual teacher in Los Angeles, John Roger, who, and I was on a spiritual path. But I think part of it and, and why I have so much compassion now, Josh, for anybody, young girls or men or women who say, I don't feel I know my place in the world. I don't feel I belong. Yes. I feel I'm a stranger in a strange land. And I said, my darling, let me tell you how that is the case for most of us. <laughs> I said, if you really think that people get up and they belong, um, they're very rare cases, and God bless them if they feel that way. But 99% of the people walk around uh, feeling amiss, feeling they're not enough, feeling the, con the human condition. And for me, uh, my, my, my awareness was that Basically, my soul had an, a, a calling this lifetime to, to be here and to find itself without the man, without the children, without the successful career, to find it in its universality of its immense love. And, and that my heart um, opened up. And I wrote a book before this called Unbinding the Heart. And I had a very visceral experience of what it is like to open your heart, spiritual heart energy. I was at a retreat with my spiritual teacher, and he was sharing with people and talking to people. And as that happened, the love that was transmuted from him, because he was a master on this planet Earth, that love kind of permeated in my heart, in my cells, and the gates opened. And, and flooded me. It was it was a moment that you cannot make up. You know, you cannot pretend it's happening. It just takes you over. What do you think was actually keeping the gates locked? 
what was keeping the day the, the gates locked was a sense of separation that I was separate and I was separate from other people that I was alone and at that moment that you know there was this hierarchy like they are better than me my teacher is higher you know putting people on pedestals putting me on pedestals with other people so there is this uh, and I think I wrote about it healing the agony of separation and that separation has judgment on it, has judgment on the self. Has it, it is a very worldly condition. It is like you are trapped into your physicality. Yeah. And and it's like you're wearing a straitjacket. And for me, Josh, what happened at that moment, the straitjacket unlocked. It's It was like I got chills. I started to weep and cry. And I wrote down in my diary, I... No, my heart unbound. And I wrote a book out of that called Unbinding the Heart. And what happened and why I wrote this book, it took me a year. I, I sat in Los Angeles in my garden and, you know, I dictate my books. I tell stories. That's how I write because I'm a performer. And I started to tell my story as a little girl, my parents' separation. My father was a concentration camp survivor his pain and agony that he carried that I then embodied and internalized, the pain of my mother, and yet the incredible love my mother had for Ariana and me, and that in the midst of not having uh, the means to, to give us the best, she found ways, and she brought me and Ariana to England to study, and she gave us this incredible courage, fearlessness, and education. And I started to tell my story, how I came to Los Angeles at a young age of 23, a girl that so hopeful about what the world uh, had in store for me and was met with the abyss of Hollywood, you know, the incredible disconnect of Hollywood and the glamour and, and me not knowing how to find my place. And then starting to do yoga and meditation and finding an opening to my teacher. And moments, I describe in that book, moments that were the epiphanies of unlocking the combination lock. It seems like it took time, though, because it doesn't unlock all at once. Like when you were having the moment with your teacher, it almost felt like when you're explaining it, that that was finally where the last code was imprinted and it was unlocked at that moment. But it seems like to me that there was many, many times before that where there was learning thresholds, you know, where Absolutely. you had gone through exactly. heartbreak and things like this. So my my curiosity for you and even how this book comes through is this concept of judgment. You know, you write in the book, you said, so often we judge where we are as wrong. This judgment distracts us from getting where we're meant to go. I mean, let's let that land for a moment <laughs> like that. Just that one sentence to, to have judgment is to what? What does that mean to us to have judgment? Well, to, to have judgments is really putting uh, blinkers and uh, putting a, a mask so that um, you don't really see the possibilities, you know, and part of it, I find that the best and the fastest way to open up and to release the judgment is to be of service to someone else. Because a lot of the judgments of where I'm not, where I should be, and the, the, the judgments we place on ourselves, and all of us do it, and because we look at someone else and we think, 
they are in a place where we would like to be, which is such absolute illusions and nonsense, and may I say bullshit. <laughs> yes, I mean, you may. It is, it is an yes. absolute bullshit to yeah. say, oh my God, I'm now looking at you know this other person who has a bigger bestseller than me and is way more uh, in demand in speaking. I mean, you know, in my speaking career, there are the speakers who are way more in demand than me. So I could then make Agape less than, could I, right? Mm -hmm. I could very well do that and compare myself. Instead of saying, you know, today I had an opportunity to touch and, and participate with 60 Australian women at the Thrive Global offices, teach them meditation, interact with them. How magical is that? So I could miss the magic of my life because I am now looking at someone else who I think has it better than me. Mm. This is the comparison so, piece. It's comparison yes. is the true thief of joy. Exactly. Exactly. I think Thoreau, somebody great, Emerson or somebody said that. But comparison is really, um, see, here's what happens. When we, life is cyclical in energies. We're all, life happens in the day. Life doesn't happen in, in the future or in the past. And the other day I was having a hard day and I, you know, my spirit gives me these messages to, to empower me. And, uh, the spirit said to me, this is the best day of my life. Say this to yourself. This is the best day of my life because it's the only day of my life. And regardless of what's happening, regardless of who I'm with, regardless of what I'm doing or not doing, it is worth celebrating because today I'm alive. Mm -hmm. and, and as simple as that, this is profound because suddenly you realize where you are, exactly where you are with these conditions, if you open up your heart to the gratitude of your life, of your God self breathing through you, and that's wellness to me, then you will find your next thing, whatever your next thing is. Or maybe your next thing is being quiet and still and calm and communing with the divine. Or maybe your next thing is picking up the phone and not texting and saying to a friend, hey, can I take you to dinner? How are you? Can I, can I come make you a, a meal? Yes. Uh, can we do something fun together? Or maybe the next thing is sitting there and doing forgiveness on yourself. So that, that area of, of where I think I should be versus to where I am locks me in. And it is almost like um, the, wicked the Wicked Witch of the wi Wizard. Like there is a, the there Wicked is a Witch of the West. <laughs> so the Say West. that three wicked. times, yeah. The Wicked Witch of the West that's trying to undermine us. You have to look at it. We have, we have inside us the two, the white witch and the black witch. And there is a part of us that wants to criticize us, berate us, tell us we're not good enough, that someone else is better. And this comparison or this lack, sense of scarcity and lack is, I call it my, my, my wicked witch of the West. Mm -hmm. So we have to throw it out the window with a broomstick. And we have to literally um, 
uh, activate the other one. And how do you do that? Josh, how do we do that? Well, how I, do we activate? listen, I, I want to know, and I think everybody's kind of sitting on the edge of their seat because they're listening to you and they're realizing what you've been through and they can see and they can feel the wisdom. But I think knowing and doing are two separate things. So I, I perceive it in my experience to actually just be loving of whatever is in the moment, even if it's hard, even if it means yes. you're going to cry, even if it means well, you're going to feel something uncomfortable. Feel something uncomfortable, feel the loneliness, the separation, the whatever, and give yourself about, I don't know, five minutes to feel it, 10 minutes. Give yourself a limit and say, I'm going to go through it, cry it out, write it out, do free from writing, burn it out. I'm going to walk it through. I'm going to, whatever it is that you do to, to own it, feel it, release it, and exhale it. And then reach out, reach in, connect with your spirit, do your inner work and read the chapter, God is my partner. Because the day that I realized, and it's a very specific story, the God is my partner chapter, you know, where I was very, very disappointed because the project didn't happen. And um, I was very stuck, very upset. And my rich Greek partner said to me, I'm going to sue him. I'm going to, he wanted revenge. And I said, no, I'm moving on and I'm doing the part, the movie with someone else. And he said, no, you can't do that because I'm your partner because he had the money. And I said to him in my Greek gusto and passion, you are not my partner. God is my partner. And I took a big legal pad with a red pen and I wrote it in outside my bedroom door and my little office door. And from that day on, I write it every week in my di- in my schedule, you know, because I'm a pen and paper person. Mm-hmm. And I literally write it down every week. If you see on my calendar, it says God is my partner. So that to me is the most, and if you don't believe it, you act as if. Because if you think about it, we have 37.2 trillion cells, give or take or cell, that are giving us life. The fact that we all have divine intelligence and that we are all more than our personalities and our egos and our joshiness and agapiness and, you know, Miriamness, whoever is listening to this now, you say, my God, I'm way more than that. I am um, kind of encapsulated in this body and in this personality. But when you go deep inside uh, and you close your eyes and, and you go into that meditative state, you realize that you're not all that. You are you are the ocean. You are the ocean of love and mercy. You are the divine. You are the spirit. You are the soul. And you have a personality and a little boy and a little girl and your history. But that all becomes part of your human experience. So uh, how you get to own that is to know that you are worthy of the love of the divine that is in yourselves, actually, you know, that is in your spirit. Yes. And the worthiness of that takes courage. Can you take us can you take us to a place about the worthiness? Because I think tactically a lot of people want to know like quote how do I feel worthy? Can you share with us something about your life of how you've actually compounded that? How you've learned your worthiness? Well, I say, you know, um in my work, in my inner work, for example, I did the University of Santa Monica, which uh, is a course and they have many courses in uh, Santa Monica, spiritual psychology. A lot of people have done it. 
and have received an incredible benediction of that. So obviously in my work and my seminars and the retreats that I did, Joseph, and everything, I had many moments that the spirit touched me where I went, oh my God, I am not that belief. I am not this girl who didn't make it as an actress. I mean, that's okay. That's my story. That's the circumstances of my life. To be so unbelievably talented and not to be able to get a part, it was the pain of my life. And for me, the moment, and I have in my Unbinding the Heart, I have a chapter called St. John in the Bus. So I used to walk around with a pit in my stomach because my little girl, the agape little girl that was hurt from um, the pain of her parents was not connected to me. So I had to take that girl, it's, it's called the inner child work, and I had to nurse her, I had to love her, and I bought her a ring. I bought her a, a pearl ring with three diamonds, Josh, mm. and I married myself. I literally married myself um, at a theater on an intermission of Swan Lake. It was magical. I had somebody marry me, and I said, I take me, Agape, as my beloved, devoted girl, and I will be with you forever. And it was an, a, a, what I call an inner bonding. And for two years, I never went out into the world till I put on that ring. I wanted to, that doesn't make sense what I'm saying. It's a beautiful story. I'm thinking about people, you know, maybe that wanted something to happen. And, yes, you know, that's like, a, ma- the, it's man, like a f- the man marrying you, the man saying, exactly. here's a ring. And saying, darling, would you marry me? Well, nobody would say that. <laughs> and marriage is just one thing. You know, people have dreams of like being a published author or a speaker or whatever dream they have. You know, for some people, it might be like having kids or anything else. But we all get to this point where there's a reconciling with the self. And that reconciling is, you know what? Was that actually mine? Or was that like society's or my parents? Or whose idea was I believing about what I actually wanted? Or was that actually me? Did you have a moment like that? Oh, my God. So many moments, especially the marriage thing. Being a Greek girl, my my sister was married. All my friends were already married and divorced. So so I would go to Greece and people would, my father would say to me, what happened? We, you went all around England and America and can't you just find one man to marry you or to marry too? Because many men wanted to marry me, but I didn't want to marry them. You know, it was more like I want to be free. So that was underneath my thing. And then one, I I have a chapter in Unbinding the Heart called A Sabbatical for Men, a relationship I had in New York ended that I really was very in love with him. And and then it just didn't work out. And then I, I, I was so dependent on did he call did he didn't call did he say this he that whole thing you know that we all go through and it was it was so exhausting josh and i said i need a sabbatical for men i needed to find agape and that's when i took my energy back from this thing of relationships that i needed the relationship and i started to write my first book called conversations with the goddesses and that book which i love and women love it it's the seven Greek goddesses and the archetypes. And I went very deep into my creative process and there was nothing else. It was like me and my creativity and it was ecstatic. And and at the same time, it was like, it was like excavating the, the archeological museum. You know, it was like I had to dig so deep to find my creativity because it was buried. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I had some amazing experiences where, Help was coming from many ways. People were 
uh, coming. And one day a girl came uh, and stayed with me in New York City. I'll never forget it. And and she stayed in my apartment on the couch. She was doing a seminar. And she said, Agapi, she woke me up in the morning and said, Agapi, get up. Spirit has a message for you. And she said to me, take a pad and write it down. I have, and this is what she told me to write down. I have everything I need, but I lack one thing to write this book because I had a contract and I was kind of very nervous. I lack confidence because I think confidence comes from me, but confidence comes from accessing my spiritual guides, the higher knowledge, my soul, the, the God within and asking for support from the goddesses, the archetypes, me, my unconscious, my subconscious, my divine. And that was, again, as you so beautifully said, Josh, that was one of my aha little little knobs opened. Mm. Because she said to me something, and I, I want people who are listening here to listen to this very carefully. She said to me, Agapi, you have a bad habit to distract yourself from yourself every day. You will think of other people, you will think of hundred other things than to avoid the relationship with agape. And that, I have to tell you, my friends, the bottom line is that we are all avoiding the relationship with ourselves, which is sacred, because we have to go there. You have to go and love Josh and I have to love Agape and each person who is listening here, you have to go and love the part that feels unworthy. And you just said to me, how do I move from worthiness to unworthiness? You bring your love, you bring your heart, you bring your compassion. I mean, I watch a friend of mine who is um, 94, you know, her body is ailing. She's an amazing woman. I watched Ramdas documentary becoming nobody recently you know ram does right of course and uh and and he the humility the he, he's in a wheelchair he has pains he has he had a stroke he speaks beautifully but um the humbleness because ultimately we have to go there and love ourselves so beyond our egos and our, and who the hell we think we should be in this world mm-hmm. and and that Love is what brings you to your worthiness. I want to pause there. Just let that land. It's so interesting. I just got back from Sedona and I pulled over on the side of the road and I did a three minute video for Instagram about this path that I'm currently on. And it's about truly loving all the parts of myself. You know, people might look at me on social media and they're like, oh, he's got it all figured out. Nope. (laughs) I definitely do not. None of us have it all figured out. And the more that I go down this road of, of creating media that I think gets people to the truth by interviewing people like you who are also on the path of truth, the more, you know, what pops up the most is old programs and old worries. Mm -hmm. And this concept of worrying, you know, this unnecessary monkey mind loop. This is one of the most powerful chapters in your book. Like this is the one out of all of them that I have the most highlights on. And you you talk about this with worry. You actually say that, you know, when people are worrying, when you're anxious, you you have an underlying fear. This is the root of it. Something catastrophic is going to happen. Your body is telling your brain that you should be in fight or flight, you know, whatever it is. But it's really about getting to the most powerful tool that we have. And that is prayer. Can you talk about prayer and the way that prayer can help us fight anxiety and fight these these loops? You know, prayer to me is a bridge. And and somebody 
said to me the other day, is going through a very hard time. A woman that I know lost her job and she's 45 and not married. And she's just feeling very out of sorts. And I said, honey, do you pray? And she said, well, I don't know who to pray to. I said, pray to the one who breathes you right now. That's it. I said, you, you, you're not breathing you. As Rumi said, we're all being breathed. So I said, if you just come quiet and in the midst of your despair, you ask with sincerity and reverence to the part that moves, moves you, that is those 37 trillion cells, and you say very quietly and in sincerity, I ask for support. I ask for guidance. I ask to receive the benediction and the inner knowing that I'm not alone at this very moment in my life. Please show me. And you ask, you won't believe it, how your soul is going to come in and, and, and guide you. And someone might call or you might be coming out of that stillness uh, find and say, I'm going to reach out to so-and-so. I'm going to go beyond my fear. I am going to go out and get a cup of coffee and you go get a cup of coffee and you run into somebody you've not seen in six years. And this person says, oh my God, can I invite you to something tonight? We're having a dinner. And you go to the dinner and you meet a man if you're a woman or you meet a woman if you're a man that you really connect with. Do you know what I mean? It's like- yeah. You're this is good. when the synchronicity unfolds is when there's finally that letting go portion, that white knuckling. And I think so yeah. many people, we all get caught in these loops of the worry is actually what drives the white knuckling, which then drives more worry. It's a vicious cycle. So yeah, how do we get out of that cycle? And they don't give you, you know, they don't give you your script. Like, and this is what's going to happen, Josh, next Monday at six o'clock. You know, you, you just have to keep, <laughs> you know, they don't, there is no script. Right. I'm sorry. There is no script. It's just, you just have to keep on following that, that innate thing in the midst of our fears. And, our, mm -hmm. and the, wor the, the worry, it's like um, uh, an untrained doggy, little puppy who pees everywhere, <laughs> Right? Have you ever had a puppy? Yes, yes. You know? and, or, or an untrained, I mean, it, it's like it's a primitive part of the brain. It's the, it's the limbic part of the brain. It's the ancient primitive part of the brain. And we must, we must conquer it. We must transform it. And there, is, there are ways to transform it. You do free from writing. You do meditation. You do biofeedback. You do acupuncture. You, yes, you can run on the treadmill or you can run by the river. You can do canoeing. You can do skiing. I don't know. It's like the physicality of it is fantastic. But at some point, we must take over that part of the brain and say, I am the master. There is something very powerful I want to tell my friends who are listening. Your voice, my friends, carries healing energy. And I want you to get into the habit at night before you go to sleep. I want you to take a mirror. Uh, or I want you to talk to yourself if you need a mirror or not a mirror, look into your eyes and see beyond your personality and tell yourself, Josh, 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 I'm here for you. Thank you for the day. Thank you for what you did today. Thank you for what you attempted today. And I love you. 
I love you with all my heart. And, and part goes, what, what? Heart, yes, I talk to yourself like it is your lover, like you are your lover. Mm-hmm. And, and it is so powerful. I put my hands in my heart at night and I go, thank you, thank you. I'm, I'm releasing the day into the night. And as I, you know, you and I talked before the podcast started about the power of sleep. And as you go to sleep, those, those, those hours that you sleep can be so healing and transformative. And you ask your inner guidance, your spirit, your, we're not alone, my friends. We have guides that are waiting for us to call them forth. And you say, I have this feeling of feeling rejected or feeling separate. I have this feeling of feeling off and amiss and worried. And I'm, I'm living in fear. Please help me transform that in my sleep state. Show me, give me a message in my sleep. So you might have a, have a dream that you had a car accident. That's releasing the fear, maybe, of, of, of something terrible would happen to you. And you wake up and you're shaken. And you go and you shake it and you have your espresso and your cappuccino and, and you walk in nature and you look in the sky and you start to feel lifted. Mm-hmm. Because they are working with you at night. But talk to yourself. Look in yourself in the mirror. And even if it feels awkward and, and messy and, unv- and vulnerable, tell yourself, Josh, we're going to have an amazing day today. We're going to have an amazing day today. I do that all the time. That's one of my favorite things to do. Well, you, you have that energy, you know. You, have, you carry that vibration. You carry that exuberance with you. That's what I felt when I first met you, you know. Um, but but I'm, I'm saying it to our listeners out there who um, might disconnect from themselves and their own power and your voice carries healing power. Let's let that and- land for a moment. Let's, because the voice, the healing power of the voice, literally saying it out loud, this is what you do with your meditations. And specifically about love, I know someone right now, Agapi, I know, I can, I can sense it. They are, they are looking in the mirror, maybe they're at home or in their car and they're thinking, God, I, I really don't know how to love myself. Like, what does that yes. even mean? I'd love for you to take us through um, something guided about love, yeah. you know, meditation Absolutely. for all of us. Absolutely. And the other thing I wanted to say, um, the power that has a healing voice um, uh, to yourself, also to someone else, the, you know, so call someone or when you're with someone, um, just say some kind things to them. When you are getting your coffee or your shopping at, at the supermarket or when you are uh, on the subway or in the bus, you know, the St. John in the bus thing was when I, I started to tell the story, I ended up performing Joan of Arc for one woman in a New York City bus. And that's how I let go of my limitation that I had to be hired by, you know, to do a Broadway show or to be on a play. And that thing opened up for me, like I had to give my gift unconditionally. Mm. So if you start your day that I'm going to give wherever I can, because when we're not feeling worthy, we don't feel we have anything to give. And that's another bullshit thing we tell ourselves. Because there are people who have so much less than we do. And the golden opportunities, Josh, out there for all of us uh, are are amazing. Not, you know, we don't have to do extraordinary things. We are extraordinary. 
the the extraordinary comes in the ordinary. Yes. So, love ourselves. All right. So close your eyes if you're driving. Don't close your yes, eyes. Yes. Pull over if you're driving. <laughs> and and also too, I'd love for us to take two deep breaths before we do this because it's funny you mentioned about being breathed. You know, we focus on breath work a lot here in the community. So let's take a huge deep breath in. Breathe it out. Wow. <sighs> so nourishing. Just one more of those. <sighs> oh, isn't that wonderful? Now and we're here. Of course, now we're here. And so as you take this uh, beautiful breath, start to attune yourself to the rising and the falling of your breath. And let's just elongate the breath. Make it slower and longer to the count of four. One, two, three, four. And release the breath with a count of five, four, three, two, one. And take this breath right now and focus on your heartbeat. Focus on your heart, that little organ in your body that gives us life. And connect your breath with your heartbeat. Your heart pumps the blood, circulates the blood, revitalizes the organs, and works, 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 and beats. So just for a moment, say thank you. Thank you to your heart. Thank you. Thank you. And allow your heart to soften your emotional heart and start to connect with your heart center. And there, as you place the breath in your heart center, scan through your consciousness and look at any area where there might be a thought a belief, a feeling, a hurt, a disappointment, a restriction, a limitation, where you might have tightened and closed down your heart. And just become aware of it just for a minute. Somebody said something. Somebody did not act the way you wanted them to. Somebody didn't give you what you wanted the world maybe, people around you. And just, just like that, just let it go. Let it go. And just say, that's okay. That's okay. I am more than that. And as you let that restriction, that thought, that hurt, that expectation that wasn't met, you see it go like a river that's floating by. It's taking, right now, it's taking that hurt. It's taking that limitation away from you. So the spirit is coming its place and filling it up just like a caress. Imagine that it's a caress on skin that is like velvet 
And like silk, you feel the inhalation of this breath going into your consciousness and purifying, transforming anything that has restricted you to an expansion. Just, just go there. Just go there right now and look at yourself from above. Elevate it. Look at this beautiful being that you are having this experience on this planet Earth. Look at your body. Look at everything that you do and allow a sense of acceptance and loving to yourself. You might want to place your right hand on your heart and your left hand on your belly and connect your heart center and your emotional center. And imagine that this light, this inner light that we have is connecting your heart chakra and your emotional chakra, telling yourself, I am safe, I am protected, I am surrounded by love, I am owning and forgiving myself for any judgments that I placed against myself. I am forgiving myself from any judgments I placed against myself or anyone else. And just let go of any judgments. Take a deep breath and feel in your consciousness, things have expanded a little more. They've opened up space. And let the space be filled with a sense of love. The love comes in. The love goes out. And with every breath, I am loved. With every exhalation, I'm letting go of anything that has been restricting me to this moment. I am willing, I am willing, I am willing to let go. Let your breath be very, very harmonious and coherent. And when you're ready, you can just return to whatever you're doing and see if things feel a little more expanded, a little more tender, a little more kind and relaxed inside. Well, I feel, I feel amazing. (laughs) (laughs) I was with you with my eyes closed the whole time. Um, People really get to connect with themselves. And I think that's the big piece that I got from your entire book. Waking up to the joy of you is literally just as it says, waking up to the joy and allowing ourselves to feel everything in order to have that joy be fully expressed. This is your life's work. This is what you've done. Uh, where can people go to get more of the meditations that you just did? Well, um, thank you for asking. If if you would like uh, for our listeners to send me an email at my email, agapi, A-G-A-P-I, at unbindingtheheart.com, 
unbindingtheheart.com. I'll send you more meditations that I have. I have 33 of them uh, on Audible. Uh, and uh, you can just download just the meditations, Wake Up to the Joy of You, 33 meditations. And then wakeuptothejoyofyou.com is my website. And I have some meditations there and more are coming. And then just follow me on social media. I put a lot of content and meditations, Agape Sees, S-E-E-S, and Agape Says um, in my Twitter and my Facebook. But mostly I just love connecting with people and really supporting each person to a greater freedom, Josh. And it's Mm -hmm. been just absolutely, um, you are a gem. I just have to say your whole energy transmutes uh, love waves through the ethers. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I received that. It feels good to hear that from you. And people can obviously go to wake up to the joy of you.com. I have a last question for you as we say goodbye. And it goes in alignment with everything we've talked about today. It's, it's the physical, it's the spiritual, it's the intelligence, Agapi, the intelligence that our body has. Uh, how would you define this intelligence and how would you define wellness? Uh, I, I to, for each person, uh, wellness is, is different, but I think it's like owning that we are a miraculous um, a, a creation of life, each one of us. And we have a responsibility to look after this miraculousness uh, with all our might and all our passion, and we have no right to judge it. We have no right to undermine it, and we have no right to make someone else more important than ourselves with no right. It is like, it should be written to a manifesto for humanity. You know, you're, you are born on this earth and, and you're given certain conditions and certain parents. And I have a chapter in the book called overcoming your childhood. And then it is your work to clear up the debris that your parents or your school teachers or, or the world has given you to clear it up and, and start with a clean slate and say, I own me and I take care of me like the most precious being, the most precious thing in this world, like you would take care of Taj Mahal or the Acropolis or the pyramids. I mean, you know, the, the, the seven wonders of the world. Well, we are the wonder of the world. And, and start studying your body and start affirming it and filling it up with good people and good thoughts and, and find the teachers that give you more of that and always um, affirm what I want more of. Don't go to sleep with without forgiving yourself and loving yourself. And if you're sleeping next to someone, hug them and love them and whatever else you want to do, but be kind, be loving. If you have children, love them a lot and never compare them to each other. And, and basically take care of you. Take care of you in, in the most, listen to you because you will tell you what it is you want more of and then go get it. That's the divine spark, the divine ear, listening to what's actually happening. Agapi, thank you for coming on Wellness Force. We covered a lot of ground. Is there anything you think we missed when we look at actually exploring and knowing what this is, the joy inside of us? Yes, put a a picture of the island Santorini and the magical sunsets in front of you. (laughs) On on my computer, I have... uh, you know, when you live in New York, you can forget. Of, That's oh, right. I, You're in the concrete I mean, jungle. Uh, yeah. I, I heard something very beautiful the other day at a podcast. Um, and uh, one person was sharing about something that they do 
uh, based on you know the movie Groundhog Day. Yes, you know it's a great and, movie. And uh, and this this woman, I think she's a director. She was saying how she learned from that movie that when she feels um, ennui or you know the French word ennui, a little bored, a little bit stuck in her life, she she gives herself an assignment that for 32 days, a month actually, uh, it, uh, she will explore something new every day around her world, that she will look at things with new eyes. And she asks for the gift of new eyes. So she said, I will just go to a shop that I've never been before, or I will take a different route to my work, or I will go and connect with somebody at work that I've never met before. But every day, or she said, I, walk, I will look at a brick wall and I will think, my God, this brick wall uh, has, you know, uh, 1,500 bricks. Well, how was that made? I will wonder. And I reinforce the awakening of my wonder. And she said, suddenly uh, something will happen in the middle of that journey that she assigns herself. And it will be benediction. She said, it will be a blessing. Because what happens to us, Josh, is we start to form patterns of looking at ourselves and the world that we take for granted. And, you know, we mustn't do that. And, and I say, take one day a week that you literally walk around saying thank you. Thank you to everything. Because how you bring the divine to you is with gratitude and with reverence. And read that book. Wake up to the joy of you. <laughs> Thank you for your wisdom. Thank you for coming on the show. And uh, everybody can go to your website, Wake Up to the Joy of You. Agape Stasinopoulos, thanks for coming on. Love you. Love you. Thank you, sweetheart. You've been a blessing. Thank you so much. Hey, thanks for listening to the show, my friend. Everything you learned on this podcast starts with your morning practices. So from over 300 world-class guests, we pulled together six simple yet powerful morning practices down into a 21-minute system guaranteed to increase your vibration and the way that you feel every day. Get this free powerful guide over at wellnessforce.com forward slash M21. And if you love this show, share it with somebody. Share it with somebody that you love or that you care about. You can support the show easily by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes. Just go to wellnessforce.com forward slash review. Or if you're on your phone, just tap it, hit the link in purple that says review this podcast. And the journey does not stop here. We're continuing this discovering process in our private Facebook group over at wellnessforce.com forward slash group. You can be a part of it. You already are. All you have to do is join us at wellnessforce.com forward slash group. And I will welcome you at the door. Now go out into your life and live your life well. And until I see you again real soon, I'm wishing you love and wellness.